This is Naturally Strong, the show that helps you use your powers for good. I'm your host, Cameron Nelson, here with Katie, Jenna, and Emma. Just a quick note about our last podcast. We had some technical difficulties, and so we were not able to edit and actually drop that podcast. So we are going to redo that podcast for December of 2024. So you have to wait a whole year, I know, but Mm. you'll get there. It's going to be fabulous. In today's episode, we're going to discuss the PERMA model of well-being, especially a particular part of the PERMA model, which is the aspect of meaning. I'm going to turn some time over to Em. Help us understand what PERMA is. Thank you. So, especially during this time of year, during January and the New Year's resolution season, people are very concerned with how to live a good life and what living a good life entails. And positive psychology is very interested in that subject as well. We are trying to study how to live a good life, how to experience well-being, and how to overcome negative emotions and grow into positive emotions. And uh, flourish is a word that we use a lot. We're trying to flourish. And so one framework for well-being and how to live a good life is called the PERMA model. And it was developed by this guy called Martin Seligman. You might remember him as the guy who developed our character strengths framework as well. And uh, the PERMA framework has five different elements in it that help us flourish. So um, the five letters of PERMA uh, are positive emotions, which includes things like happiness, joy, contentment. And engagement is E, which is feeling a sense of connectedness and interest in your tasks and activities and the things that you do. R is relationships, positive relationships. And this can be platonic, romantic, or familial relationships. It doesn't have to be romantic relationships necessarily. The M in PERMA is meaning, which is what we're going to talk about today. And that involves being connected to something larger than yourself and having a sense of purpose in your life, that sense of meaning. And lastly, the A in PERMA is accomplishment slash achievement. And that involves just getting things done, completing things, earning things. It can be something big, like getting a degree, or it can be something smaller. The, the one thing that I want to point out here is that... This PERMA model is not new in the area of positive psychology. And with some additional research, PERMA has been expanded and a few things have been added to it that we're just not going to talk about today. This is the basic foundational um, framework. And we will talk more about some of the other research and, and other podcasts in the future. So just so you all know that PERMA has been expanded to add a couple of other things that other people through research have found has been missing in the PERMA framework. And so my question for all of you guys, especially Jenna and Katie, who are relatively new to learning about this model, is what do you think about conceptualizing well-being like this? And is there an area of these five areas that you think needs more improvement than the others in your own life? 
One of the things that I think about this model is that it's incomplete. We just kind of talked about that, that there has been some additional research that has expanded it. And as a really nice, handy, pull out of your pocket, quick little, how can I be more satisfied with my life and have a greater sense of well-being? I love PERMA. It's mm -hmm. quick. It's easy to remember. It's something that you can incorporate very, very quickly and go, okay, which area is lacking right now? I'm maybe not doing very well. Either I'm feeling a little bit sad or I'm lonely or I'm anxious about something. What is it that maybe I'm missing in the PERMA model? So if you're not doing great, there's a good way to just kind of do a quick scan of these five things and mm -hmm. see if maybe there's something that you need to put some more time and effort into. That's not the only answer. There's lots of things here. And this is a nice other little tool to put into your toolbox to pull out and go, I've really been neglecting this particular area in my life and I might need to focus on that a little more. So I like it for those reasons. Mm -hmm. And um, I think for me, which of the area I need to improve on continues to shift. I think I'm doing okay. Um, positive emotions. I'm doing well in engagement. I just always have lots of things going on and I'm achieving those things. When I lost my dad, um, the relationship piece was really big a couple of years ago. Like, like that was just weighing heavy on me as I was missing him and feeling like I needed additional relationships. And there's still some of that that happens for me, mostly because I do feel somewhat isolated in my professional life, especially on campus as the only clinical psychologist in the department and the only full-time female in the department. And I'm trying to, I attend the Women's Faculty Caucus and those kinds of things, trying to find other women that are professionals and professors and doing the same, you know, similar things, not in different fields, trying to, um, trying to initiate and build and maintain those relationships on that professional level. So the relationship thing, I think, is a, in a, a, a constant area of improvement. I also tend to just do things on my own. Like, oh, I got mm. this. <laughs> and so <laughs> that isolates me more. And so I've been really, really trying to slow that down, asking for help when I need help. Even if I, if that's not my go-to, my go-to is not like, well, how about if you just, I delegate really, really well, that I can do. But when I actually need something, that I don't ask for help. I just make decisions and I just keep moving. So I'm trying to expand that. And I think that also will improve relationships too. Because there's give and take in relationships, for sure. Um, meaning, I think I'm doing pretty well in accomplishment. I accomplish things all the time. Like, I, I have to. <laughs> As a professor, you don't have a choice. Mm. I think that's weighing heavy on me too because I just had my faculty evaluation. And I don't think that people outside of the field don't understand what it's like to be a member of a faculty member on a campus. So every single year, I have to prove that I'm worth it. Every single year. And it is a massive document. Um, I happen to include a certain human being's master thesis to prove that I had helped somebody else accomplish a thesis. So if you include the thesis with all of the other paperwork that I had to add, 
that document that I had to submit was probably 100 to 125 pages long. Wow. It, like, it's it's absolutely immense and intent. Like, and I have to do it every single year. So I think accomplishment, like, that's really in forefront right now because I just finished putting all of that together. Like, I did do this, and I did do this, and I did do this, and I still every single year have to find something else new that I have to do because I have to continue to show that I'm getting better at everything that I'm doing. So I have to go, and in the future, I'm going to do all of these things too. And that's the part where it sits a little heavy. Like, mm. really, I have to add more? Who are these people? <laughs> Am I not good enough yet? So achievement, check, bing. So those, what did I say? Did I answer the question? You did answer the question. <laughs> Was there a question? Did I answer it? You accomplished it. Okay, I, I'm accomplished. A, check, again. Okay. Who's next? I can go next. Um, I know that this model isn't like a complete and total summation of what it means to live a good life and blah, 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 blah. But one thing I really, really adore about this model is it has other dimensions besides positive emotions. I feel like people say like, well, are you happy? Are you happy? Are you happy? I'm like, well, I'm a grad student. Not really, (laughs) but I feel very connected with my life. I feel very grateful for the opportunities and relationships that I have. I feel like I'm accomplishing stuff. I feel like I'm engaged. I feel like I'm making really good relationships. And so positive emotions are part of that, but they're not the whole thing. And that's what initially really appealed to me about this model is they're part of it, but they're not the whole thing. And in terms of an area in my life that I think needs improvement, I would say probably relationships just because being a student is weird because you're like you're stuck next to all these people but like it's unclear whether or not they like you and like everyone has little friendships among themselves everyone's really busy everyone has different like goals in their life that they're aiming for and so I'm just really trying to um increase my kindness and my social intelligence and try and develop better relationships with people So Emma and I had an experience this last semester as she was being my TA for Psych 100, and we actually introduced this model. It was in the textbook. They had an actual chapter on positive psychology that's pretty rare, actually, in Psych 100 classes. It was great. Yeah. And we talked to our Psych 100 students about PERMA, and then I actually went around with the microphone and said, okay, what area do you feel like you need to improve on so that every single student could have a voice? And everybody could realize that it really was pretty much the same thing. And I know relationships was said again and again and again. And then I want to say it was meaning. It was meaning. It wasn't really so much positive emotions or accomplishment or anything, which was surprising because, you know, these are like freshmen in college or freshmen, juniors. And but, yeah, they were like, I want those relationships and I want meaning. I want to know, like, what all of this is about on a grander scale. I think for that specific stage in their life, that makes sense, though. Like being a student, trying to decide what you're going to be creating as your career and your whole life's purpose. I mean, they're searching for their meaning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it was was really interesting to hear all of, like, what, 50 students say what they thought was lacking the most. Mm -hmm. I think it was a really good experience. And just let them all know, like, you're not alone if you're feeling like relationships are meaning or lacking. Like, the vast majority of all of your fellow cohort, those were the two things. So I hope it was helpful for them. It meant a lot to me and Emma. Yeah, we had a great time. (laughs) That's all that matters. (laughs) It's all about us. 
Um, I like the this model. I think the engagement, relationships, and meaning, it kind of reminds me of attachment theory. Mm-hmm. Like that, like, you know, having connections with people and, like, like that being connected to meaning, like that kind of, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. I like that. Um, I think this is a very well put together model. Like Emma was saying, like, I like that it's very encompassing. It's not just positive emotions. Um, I know in one of our grad classes like last spring there was a girl shout out to Maddie <laughs> love you, Maddie. we love Maddie um she she always has like the most profound things to say and I remember I think you Dr. K asked a question you were like what's the like what's the goal like mm-hmm. what is the goal and she's like is the goal really to be happy? Because does that really make sense that one fleeting emotion is like your entire goal in life is to achieve that fleeting emotion that Mm. you actually kind of rarely feel Mm -hmm. or like, you know, it's just not as often. It's like your emotions are so fluid. They're constantly changing. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I, I love that part of it too, that it's just very well rounded. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think for the area I have to, like I could use the most improvement in is actually positive emotions (laughs) because I feel like emotions come and go Mm -hmm. and I think managing them is kind of difficult. It can be more difficult for some people. Other people aren't so enamored by their emotions. They're not like taken out at the knees by poor emotions, but I am one of those people that I just feel really hard. Um, and very empathetic and mm-hmm. so um, mm-hmm. emotions are kind of a big deal for me so like I'm fine you know engaging with people and having good relationships and um, may I have a lot of meaning and I think that comes from spirituality and gratitude being in my top five mm-hmm. our um, transcendent queen over here <laughs> <laughs> um, and then just like accomplishments and things like I feel like we're all at this table kind of very driven and work towards a lot of different goals and have a lot of different things in our lives. But yeah, I'd say positive emotions are what's the the most hard for me, Mm -hmm. most difficult. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm going to add a couple little things here. Mm -hmm. So one, congratulations on graduating. Thank you so much. And finishing your master's. (laughs) And also Jenna, who has done the same thing. Like, that is huge. It has been a really long journey. And even if you're low in perseverance, you still did it. (laughs) So congratulations. And great job on getting some accomplishment and achievement there. And I am still amazed that you guys both have your provisional licenses. Like, every time I think about it, I'm like, (laughs) poor Brian. It was like three months. Like, it took forever. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that was so fast. fast. I'm so Mm -hmm. glad we did some research and got things in place and knew what to do and got it. Oh, it's fabulous. So excited for both of you and then a little dbt so (laughs) positive emotions there's this great thing called in dbt called accumulating positive emotions and it's tiny things it's really simple things and are you actually with purpose and intention creating opportunities for you to feel a positive emotion Mm. so this is something that i often do with my clients is like okay what's that thing or several three or four or five things that help you to accumulate positive emotion because if you're looking back day after day after day after day after day and you're not ever feeling positive emotion that's really hard and these are usually five senses are a good way to accumulate positive emotion so what can you listen to that increases your emotional place what can you taste that does that good healthy variety of foods what do you um, smell 
uh, you know, candles or lotions or those kinds of things? How have you moved your body in a way to help you feel a positive emotion? Or have you done something like take a bath or get a massage mm -hmm. or um, anything that, that includes touch? We all have stuff that we like to just feel like every time any of anybody in my family buys new pieces of clothing they bring it to me and go mom feel how soft this is <laughs> <I love laughs> right? and so that's a big deal and that's an easy way to increase positive emotion and then I missed a sense and I don't know what it is see seeing what do you look at that increases your positive emotion so those are really <laughs> easy simple things <laughs> To, to, to increase positive emotions. So if our listeners are kind of like, yeah, I really haven't felt positive, happy, healthy emotions in a while, accumulate them every single day. That's the part of DBT. Like with intention, what's the one thing I'm going to do today for a small amount of time to feel something more positive than how I'm feeling right now? And then you can, if you track it, you're going to have this cute little journal that says, oh, I did this and I felt better and I did this and I felt better. And you can review it and go, I actually felt a little bit of happiness every single day. That's a huge thing. So I hope our listeners can understand that positive emotions are something that you can do pretty quickly on your own. And Emma is dying to share something with no. us. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I was just going to say, for our non-psychology major listeners, what does DBT stand for? Thank you for, for yes, clarifying that. So dialectical behavioral therapy. It's a therapy that was created based mostly on Buddhist psychology and cognitive behavioral therapy. Marsha Linehan created this specifically for a certain population of individuals who struggle with lots of feelings of abandonment and... Um, not, not really knowing who they are. They struggle to know who they are in their place. And they really struggle with emotion regulation. Mm -hmm. And so, obviously, this would be a great place to do some positive emotion things is through DBT. It also helps behavioral with, like, therapy. Um, black and white thinking a lot. Very, Absolutely. like, polar. People are terrible or I love them very much. Like, and no mm -hmm. in-between. Yes, that's yes. a good thing to add here, too. Mm -hmm. So That wise awesome. mind, emotion mind. DBT. DBT. We, we love DBT. Love DBT. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jenna's last. Sure. Uh, I would say that engagement and relationships both because, again, we're shifting from this student life into career life. And I do better with structure. Mm -hmm. And my structure just got removed. So <laughs> it did. I, I have to create the structure now. Um, so I took all of those people that I had let my relationships kind of go to the wayside with just because life was too busy with school. And all the ones that I said, man, I haven't talked to them in forever and I really need to get in touch. And I scheduled lunches with every single one of them. Nice. And then engagement, I made like a list of some things I wanted to do again, like volunteering and joining some classes and signed up to do all of those things too. Great. So like I'm New Year's resolutioning. Yes. <laughs> like into action. Because yeah. actions where I would kind of, you know, it's easy to say you want to do the things, mm -hmm. but um, I'm really trying to actively make change and positive change and create structure so that I don't have to rely on just, you know, a school schedule to tell mm -hmm. me when to go do things. Like, mm -hmm. It's on me. I'm an adult. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna adulting. This, I'm going to create the structure. Wow. <laughs> well, thank you, everybody, for your thoughts on PERMA. And as I mentioned earlier, we're going to be focusing on meaning today, and Jenna is going to teach us about the meaning of meaning and how we define meaning in this sense. <laughs> the meaning of meaning. Uh, so we are focusing on meaning as a part of the M from PERMA. Um, 
It's a subject that a lot of people have opinions on. In psychology, researchers say that the concept of meaning breaks down into three parts, coherence, significance, and purpose. Coherence is thinking, logic-oriented branch of meaning. Uh, it involves how we conceptualize our life, how we make sense of what has happened to us, and predict what will happen to us. Significance is the feeling part of meaning. Um, it includes feeling that you matter, that life matters, appreciating people um, and your circumstances, uh, speaking to like who you are and what makes your life really worth living. Mm. And purpose is the behavior part. It involves your personal goals and missions and how you apply your significance and coherence within your life. Mm. So question for you ladies. Uh, what are your thoughts on this definition of meaning? And is there one type of meaning um, that's easier for you than the others in the coherence, significance, and purpose? I like all of them. I don't know if there's one that really stands out to me. Um, and they seem so interwoven and intertwined with each other. Mm -hmm. um, coherence, just getting from point A to point B to point C, that, 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 that seems like really important. Like what am I doing now that connects to my past but also connects to my future? Mm -hmm. And does it really... For me, the biggest thing in significance is function. Does it function? Mm -hmm. I, is it actually doing something to help me keep that coherence mm -hmm. and purpose? When you know, when you have spirituality that's heart high in your top five, I think that that purpose you have that that different perspective from um, maybe somebody who has spirituality lower in their top five, mm -hmm. and so the purpose often connects back for me. It connects back to that spirituality. So I really like all of them and how they all interweave together to make this meaning of meaning mm -hmm. and I think we call it different parts of it but like they're not static it's mm -hmm, gonna be mm -hmm. fluid and moving in between the parts mm -hmm. I like how you said that awesome anybody else have something to add I I just think it's funny how psychology likes to take these like really broad like super super deep topics and be like oh yeah this has three parts <laughs> let me put them in a bullet point for you we can only write books about it if we can dissect it yeah i know <laughs> like it, ha it seems almost like the audacity to try and take something so big and so personal and break it down into bullet points but i think if you're going to do that this is as good a definition as, as any well we do it with humans so we why do not words i know yes. like we do like order break them down into parts mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i like that there's like logic feeling and behavior because i tend to over intellectualize things so i'm like i got the coherent part down <laughs> i am so coherent but the significance part like the like the visceral feelingy mm. part i can mm -hmm. sometimes fall behind in so. mm. that makes sense mm -hmm. i'm the opposite Emma. <laughs> <laughs> we're like the yin and yang <laughs> of the meaning of meaning um because i'm so like feely and like mm -hmm. emotion mind a lot of the time like that's where i gravitate towards mm -hmm. i um that's also what makes you such a great therapist. I know. Oh, I love that you. about you. Aww, like, if you didn't you. have such deep empathy, like, you wouldn't be Katie. Oh. Yeah. Thanks, guys. So true. Sorry for interrupting. What no, else were you going to say? So nice. <laughs> <laughs> now she's like, oh, I've got emotion. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes it feels, you know, like when you are so emotion minded, it really does feel negative sometimes because mm -hmm. it like when your emotion mind towards negative emotions it really sucks you in 
right. and it can really just like take you over if you let it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, so sometimes that's kind of a battle for me. So I'd say significance comes naturally for me. I tend to, um, if if it's a battle between coherence and significance, definitely significance mm-hmm. like comes natural, mm-hmm. and coherence like being logic minded <laughs> is a little more difficult for me sometimes. That makes sense. So Katie, can you tell us a little bit more about how we increase that meaning now that we have this nice understanding? And I really do like that we're talking about logic and feeling and Mm -hmm. behavior. Mm -hmm. How can we increase this in our lives if this is something that we're wanting to increase, if we're a little bit lower? Okay, so increasing meaning is kind of related to the purpose part of meaning. Um, So one thing we talk about a lot, like in this podcast, because we love positive psychology and obviously all different forms of psychology, is how it can be used to make meaning in your life. So we're going to go ahead now and talk about um, some things you can do and strengths you can apply to increase your sense of meaning. And these can lead to positive outcomes depending on which strengths you're using and, you know, how you're applying them in your life. Because there's no right way to increase meaning in your life, but there's a lot of good places to start and different ways and avenues that you can go to increase that meaning in your life depending on who you are, what your what strengths come naturally to you, and just kind of what your life looks like. So what I hear you saying is that if this is something that you feel is lacking, you don't just have to accept that meaning is lower and there's nothing I can do about it. Mm-hmm. There are things we can actually do to increase meaning in our life. Yes, very much so. And like intentionally as well, like just implying and uh, or excuse me, intentionally applying um, certain character strengths that like I said, like natu- might naturally come to you a little bit easier. I love that. I love character strengths, as you all know. Mm. And we do know that all 24 character strengths does have an impact on meaning. We know that if you are not actively using your character strengths, your PERMA in general is going to drop lower. And we have lots of research that says if you know what your character strengths are and you've been given opportunities to use your character strengths, most of these areas seem to increase. So character strengths are really important here. You can increase positive emotion. You can increase engagement and meaning and relationships if you're using your character strengths well. So we have the opportunity to use all 24 character strengths. And of course, there's a little bit of research that says, here's some of those character strengths that seem to impact particularly meaning a little bit more than other areas. So I'm just going to list them off. And then each one of us is going to take a turn and talk a little bit more about each of these character strengths. So appreciation of beauty and excellence can increase meaning. So can curiosity and gratitude, perspective, social intelligence, kindness, also spirituality and zest. These are some of the character strengths that can increase meaning. So I'm going to turn a little bit of time over to our appreciation of beauty and excellence (laughs) expert, Emma. So, yes, appreciation of beauty and excellence is very involved in one's sense of meaning. We generally define appreciation of beauty and excellence as noticing and appreciating beauty, excellence, and skilled performance or any combination of the three in various domains of life. 
from you have like nature and art and mathematics and science to just everyday experience, like your morning coffee or that kind of thing. And there are a lot of applications of this because there's a lot of world to see and experience. But some really good starter ones include uh, like going outdoors, maybe going for a walk. Uh, We live in Montana here in this podcast, so there's a lot of outdoors here. Uh, Also surrounding yourself with art, maybe even creating art, if that helps you experience that. Uh, Listening to music, things like watching professional sports. I know Dr. K loves watching the Olympics. That's her appreciation of beauty and excellence. You don't? I do. Oh, you do? (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. And Summer Olympics this year. Gymnastics. The gymnastics. I love gymnastics. Love it. And it also includes... um, like whatever hobbies you choose to surround yourself with that feel beauty that that feel beautiful to you and help you experience that beauty and excellence and appreciate it like a good rock a good rock i love good a rock. good rock love finding a good rock mm-hmm. you actually mean a rock yeah like no for yeah. a second i know like we all like have this distracted no, like and i was like quite literal stone on the ground mm-hmm. rock we fill our pockets with rocks we like rocks we're rock yeah people. so is katie she's a rock yeah person. no seriously last year <laughs> We, my husband and I went for a walk and we took backpacks and we literally <laughs> went down to the river and filled them with, because after the flood and oh, then yeah. the water Ooh. receded, mm-hmm. then there was all these like different stones oh. and like, um, what am I, what's the word? Like for all the, it's like, like natural crystals. Geodes? Yes. Uh. Like it was like a bunch of those natural Ooh. things that had washed up. Someone told us about them. And so we wow. took backpacks down to the water, filled our backpacks up, and I saw there were at least like 50 pounds. Each. Oh, God. And we used to like talk about which rock we were carrying in our purse that day yes. in class. It'd be like, what's, what you got on you today? <laughs> the other day I was like sitting in like, my oh, car. There's little uh, rose quartz here. What you got? <laughs> and there was like some noise in my door, and I was like, what the heck? And I look, and it's just a cool rock. <laughs> I was like, oh, awesome. don't worry about it. You stay there. You, you're fine. You're fine. I love it. That's, That's awesome. There are beautiful and excellent rocks. <laughs> so beautiful many. and excellent rocks. Yes. And I'm sort of curious, Emma, like the um, card deck that you got for Christmas. Yes. I love those. It, they were so cool. I hadn't heard. And I'm I was sorry, like, I, I bet Emma will love this. And Addie and I were trying to figure out what card decks to get everybody. And we went, Emma. <laughs> Yes, thank you very much. I, they were so pretty. I have them oh, displayed good. on my bookshelf. Yes, and we need to pick another card at the beginning of the semester. We do. I'm really tired of being in the present moment. <laughs> so, so Sick of it. We, <laughs> over this moment. Over it. <laughs> Sorry to diverge. Okay. okay, go ahead. Um, I was going to say that one personal intervention for appreciation of beauty and excellence that I made myself that I know a lot of people might not like is uh, starting on my most recent birthday, I said I'm going to take a picture a day for an entire year of something that I find beautiful or something that I'm grateful for or that kind of thing. And it has been so much fun. And I've been posting them to social media, not for likes, but just to keep myself accountable. Like, oh, I got to remember to take a picture so that I can post it. And I've had a couple people message me and be like, this has helped me so much because I didn't realize how much like cool stuff there was around me. And even um, my mother started doing it too. But she's like, you know, I think I'm going to stop this after a month because I can't find enough beautiful and excellent things i'm like mom that's the point it's supposed (laughs) to be challenging (laughs) i love it yes i know that i often get did you see what emma posted today (laughs) that happens in our house i was looking through it yesterday 
I don't even remember what it I was. I just remember it was like a it was a five slide. It was all your pictures. There was mm. one of like a jet going through the sky. Oh yeah. And they're lovely. They oh, are. The coffee being stirred. <gasps> oh. It was like clean it was it was Thai tea. Yeah. Oh, it was Thai uh. tea. Oh, uh. it was. Mm. It looked decadent and amazing and beautiful. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, you're doing a good job. You're affecting our lives for Thank sure. You. Anything else for appreciation of beauty and excellence? Let's move on to curiosity. Jenna, help us with that one. Yeah, we're curious. <laughs> we're curious. We get curious about curiosity. Um, it's taken an interest in ongoing experience for the sake of the experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, finding subjects and topics fascinating, exploring, discovering, um, like researching a topic, uh, going actually physically exploring to a new space. To find rocks. To find rocks. The rocks are the pinnacle of human experience, guys. Love love good rocks. (laughs) 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 Trying new foods, uh, getting to know new people. It could even be too like going to new music, learning Mm -hmm. about a subject, um, taking a class, doing, you know, just anything new and interesting. Or just, you know, going down the rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. And finding interesting things. Like, did you know there's a such thing as a cheerleader crab? A, che- a what? It's a tiny one. little crab, and it grabs sea anem- anemones. And then anemones. It, just, it grabs, it like, just two little babies, and then it's like, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> <laughs> and it waves them around in the air. I think it might be my spirit animal. <laughs> cheerleader crab. Cheerleader Love crab. It. Like, there's all these amazing and cool and mm. wonderful things in the world around us if we just, like, take mm-hmm. a peek. Like, lift the rug up, look underneath it. There's some, like, really cool and amazing things all around you. Do you like going to, like, museums, zoos, aquariums, that kind of thing? You strike me as a zoo person. I love a museum and Mm -hmm. a zoo. I will go every major city. Absolutely. You don't Mm -hmm. need to ask. Immediately, yes. Yes. I will go to the museum. I don't even care. It's a rubber band museum. I I will go. There are (laughs) those. That's a thing. I will go. I want to know. I want to see. Like, it's it's wonderful. I like having curiosity in my top five. Um... It brings so much unique experience into my life. So mm-hmm. get It's curious. one of my favorite <laughs> therapy tools is to be curious about what's happening in the therapy room mm-hmm. is, oh, you said something. I'm really curious about what that is for you. I know how it's hitting me or how I'm understanding it. And I just want to check and see, is that the same thing for you? And I'm wrong. Like, like lots of times... I'm like, oh, I was way over here, and you're actually talking about this thing over here. It's been one of the best tools I've ever used in therapy was to question what I think I now know and go, wait a minute, that might not be accurate. Mm -hmm. I need to be curious about what's actually happening for the other person. And it's opened up huge doors Mm -hmm. with my clients. I love curiosity in that realm for sure. It also helps. um, Sorry. sorry. It also helps in marriage a lot. (laughs) <laughs> that's a great I know, point I know that I can't say that because I've only been married for like a year and a half and some of you guys have been married for way longer but you get to a point where you're like I know everything about this person <laughs> I know absolutely everything there is to know and I just <clears throat> but if you like take the time to be curious about it like you learn new stuff and it just it's cool it's new stuff mm-hmm. same for <coughs> being a parent Ooh, I bet. Because your kids are constantly changing and developing and those things too and you've been there And you haven't been there Mm -hmm. at the same time. They're in a totally different world than what you grew up in. And being able to be curious about what's happening with children, I think, is really important. And I think we're kind of lacking that. Mm -hmm. We often, you know, find ourselves on our phone or distracted in so many other ways. And we forget to be curious about our kids because we think we know. We don't know. Mm -hmm. We don't know. So that's another great place to apply some curiosity. And it leaks over not just in meaning, but also with relationships. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anything else about curiosity? 
Okay. How about if we move on to gratitude and Katie, take it away. Okay. So gratitude is being aware of and thankful for the good things that happen and then taking time to express that thanks and that gratitude, whether it's verbally, whether it's directly to someone, whether it's journaling, um, you know, you can write in like a letter of thanks to someone um, for all that they've done for you or just if they've helped you in a certain way or just if you just appreciate the person that they are in your life, just taking the time to say like, I'm really like so thankful that I have a friendship with you or, you know, a relationship with you because it means so much to me or um, making gratitude lists. That's a great thing. Um, I know Jenna has said that before that that's an exercise she's given to clients before I've used it and people found it so helpful. Even um, I've used it with clients that can be kind of, um, critical and very much perfectionistic and Mm -hmm. they found the gratitude list to be so helpful for them Mm -hmm. um and it can just be all the small things you notice in your life um just like thankful that someone you know like my husband's so kind he will (laughs) brush my car off every time it snows we love it always brushes my car off and starts my car in the morning and like helps me get out to my car um or like kind of tying into emma's appreciation of beauty and excellence like taking pictures of the things that you're grateful for Mm -hmm. so you can like look you can look back later yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so i think we think we'll remember, but we don't. We're, we're terrible. We really do. And there's so much information out there, and we're constantly bombarded. We can only hold so much. We do have to record in some way some of these things. Mm-hmm. We have to. Whether it's writing or through video or a picture, we do have to have a record. Records are important. Documents are important. Mm-hmm. I was part of this thing that I was talking about earlier, how I have to do these faculty evaluations. I go back and I reread, um, I, I read them every semester, but then I read the whole year's worth of student feedback. And um, spring, um, I taught the science of um, well-being for the very first time, spring of 2023, and I went back to read student comments. And one of the comments was, um, there were some things that I really didn't want to do in this class, um, and yet I really, really appreciate how much I grew because of the things that I did do in this mm-hmm. class, especially writing that gratitude letter. Mm. <laughs> I just had to laugh because it's hard. It's hard to write that gratitude letter and then actually go to a person and read mm-hmm. face-to-face that letter. There's so much emotion in the space when you do that, and it makes a difference. It makes a huge difference. So I just thought it was kind of funny, too, like, you know, that letter. <clears throat> can we not do that ever again? <laughs> but thank you so much for making me do that. But could we not? So these are good things. Uh, gratitude is great. Yeah, it was funny. It was very funny. Anything else about gratitude, you guys? Nope. Okay, let's move on to perspective. So I'm going to take this one. The definition of perspective is being able to provide wise counsel to others. Having ways of looking at the world that makes sense to both you and other people. Um, I love perspective. I'm not sure where it is in my character strengths anymore. It used to be like somewhere in the middle, kind of high middle. Um, and I like this for another reason. So I'm going to diverge into spirituality, which Katie's going to talk a whole lot more about in just a little bit. Um, and one of the gifts of the spirit is words of wisdom. 
So I think that that's really a kind of cool thing if you're into information from the Bible and biblical understanding of spirituality, that one of the gifts of the Spirit is words of wisdom. And um, I have a thing called a patriarchal blessing that was given to me, and it says very clearly that I have this gift of words of wisdom and words of knowledge, which... I'm a professor, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know. Um, and what's the difference between knowledge and wisdom? Knowledge is information that you have, things that you know, but wisdom is how to actually do something with the things that you know. So that's the difference between knowledge and wisdom. And so I do enjoy ha having some information and knowing some things. And as I'm writing all of this information and putting together my faculty evaluation, I'm like... I kind of know some things. Huh. Wow. That's kind of cool. And, and you just kind of, you just do your stuff, right? Sometimes it's nice to actually slow down as much as I hate doing faculty evaluations. It does help me. Like I have, I have a whole year that I have now documented in so many different ways. And so it did help me to go, I actually do know some things. And I also know that there's so much about the world that I have no idea what that is. Like cheerleader crabs. <laughs> so like you can always learn new and more things and how, what do you do with that information is really important to me. And I think that's where I find a lot of meaning is if you know things and you don't do anything with them, I think that that makes me sad. If you know things and you change and you do different things, I think that's wisdom. So I really appreciate that. So if you have information, knowledge about certain things, one of the things you can do to increase your perspective and to increase your meaning is to offer advice to others, to read things that have wisdom in them. I do love quotes. I think mm. they're fun. They can be funny. They can be very deep and profound. In the meditation that I do in the mornings, there's always a quote that this that she includes in every single meditation. And I love those little quotes. I'm like, oh, wow, there's a lot going on there. So I love just having quotes and collecting them. Uh, being able to befriend diverse people, people that are not like you in so many ways, that's a way to get a different perspective, mm -hmm. is understanding the world, their thoughts, their stories, their feelings, their experiences. That's a way to increase and widen your perspective. So would you say that perspective and curiosity are cousins? That's a great word, right? Cousins. Absolutely. To be able to have perspective, you can't just stay in your own little box, in your own little tunnel, and be, you know, just focused on this thing. You have to expand and widen that for sure. Mm -hmm. And without curiosity, that's kind of hard to do, mm -hmm. right? That can be really helpful. And then um, one of the things that I really like about perspective, and sometimes I just look at people when they don't get it, <laughs> um, when I fall down, when I fail, when I make a mistake, when I mess up, for whatever reason, I've learned something and that has widened my perspective. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people who think that they have to do everything right all of the time. Nobody in this room is like that. <laughs> Be nice. <laughs> <laughs> and it's one of those things I'm like, yeah, I just totally screwed that up. Great. What did I learn? What's new? What's different? What can I, how can I use this and move forward? And I think perspective really, really does help that. And I think, I think that's a really actually important thing for a leader. A leader mm -hmm. needs to know it's okay for everybody else to mess up and then come together, connect, figure out what to do with the mess up. Mm -hmm. 
like failures and falling down is so important. And I think that comes from perspective. Mm -hmm. So being able to go, oh yeah, that was a setback. I messed that up. What did I learn? Can I move forward? That's a great Mm -hmm. place to find meaning because there's tons of meanings when we mess up. I almost find more meaning there than I find when I actually do things like, oh, there, I achieved. I did that thing again. That's less informative and meaningful to me than, oh, I learned something new and I can do something different in the future. So that's what I have to say about perspective. Do you guys have anything to add about perspective? I was going to say that I think your perspective kind of trickles down into love and is part of what makes you such a really good professor. Mm -hmm. Like you do, you, I mean, you obviously have like expectations for your students, but you're also like super compassionate and you're like, I know that people have lives. I know that sometimes people don't know the things that they should know before they come into this class. Like, and I think, I think that makes you a really good professor and a really good, like, advisor, whether informal advisor or formal advisor. Thanks, Emma. I appreciate that. Yeah. I can take that in. Yeah. And it helps, um, like, as colleagues, too, mm-hmm. because we work mm-hmm. together. It, mm-hmm. make, it creates a safe space for us to be like, mm-hmm. like this week, I made a mistake. <laughs> and, I'm like, and I was like, oh, I made a huge mistake. <laughs> I'm so sorry. And like, mm-hmm. but it's so easy to tell you when we make a mistake I'm because so we know it's not going to come from a place of like, you're not going to berate us. It's not going to be full of judgment. You're going to be like, mm-hmm. yeah, well, I'm human too. And Been there, happens. done that. You're very you're like, compassionate. Yeah. So it's very. easy to tell you, be like, hi, I made a mistake today. Yeah. <laughs> I am very sorry, but uh, my bad. So it makes it easier for us to take ownership. And like that does, again, give us perspective because I've learned so much more, like you mm-hmm. said, from my mistakes than I ever learned from my successes. I will remember my mistakes forever. Mm-hmm. We do. But, but my successes are like, mm. you know, it was They're okay. So it was a great fleeting. achievement. But, but that mistake, it, it, like, it will make you be more cautious and more careful in the future because you're like, I never mm-hmm. want to do that thing yeah, again. No, thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. And do you really need somebody else to tell you how horrible that was oh, and yeah. never do it again? Like, how like is I that helpful? Know. Exactly. Like, we just don't need it. And I've been in situations where mistakes were not allowed, and it is awful. Mm -hmm. And I'm really, really glad that Keystone Counseling Center does not feel like that in any way. But, like, that is probably my number one priority is please don't mess up on purpose. (laughs) 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 And if you do, great. Let's figure out what to do about it and change and be better. Mm Perfect. Let's do the thing. We'll give a shout out to Brian as well. Great supervisor. Also, like he's a part of that group that you've kind of mm-hmm. catered and created this like very, uh, he's very chill. it's a very curated group of people. <laughs> it is curated. It's curated. And it, it shows like he's the same way too. Like he's so gentle in his supervision and learning and like guiding you to make the right decisions and teaching mm-hmm. you how to do things through like a soft space and not a harsh judgmental environment. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's really nice and it really cultivates growth. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I would do without Brian. Like, like, like he really is my right hand man, literally, in <laughs> so, so many ways. Man. He is the, the only man. man. <laughs> we would like to have some more men. If you're a counselor and you're looking for a new place to go oh and you're male, please come. Um, but yes, I, I think that Brian is. I, I really don't know how Keystone could be Keystone without him. So appreciative of him. Brian, listen to the podcast. 
There's no way Brian he listens to this podcast. Too, too I know that Brian busy. does he not. Has no podcast There's time. no way. There's zero time. No. Zero time in his day for I may just have to like text him a link or something. Hey, you might want to listen to this. this As he's like, doing his case minute, notes. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That's right. That's As he's right. doing his progress notes at home after he comes home from a nine-hour therapy day. Like, goodness gracious. Right. Um, I okay. Think, I think we've got the perspective down. Yeah. Yeah. I think I just think perspective is important in relationships Mm, to to have healthy and meaningful relationships, because how many times do we have a problem with someone because we perceived something incorrectly? Mm -hmm. Great point. Like just got so stuck in our own perspective and our own emotions and our own like viewpoint of things that we didn't even give an opportunity to look from their perspective and think of like maybe where they were coming from or why they may have made that decision or said something that way. Or, you know, just I think perspective is so helpful in fostering healthy relationships. Absolutely. Thanks for bringing that up. Super important. Thank you. On the relationships note, it's Jenna's turn to talk about social intelligence and kindness. Well, um, I love both of these. They're Mm -hmm. both no longer in my top five, but are both in my top ten. And I also think this is, uh, important to note that like these two fall under the domain of conscientiousness. Mm-hmm. Um, like this is about relations again, like mm-hmm. relationship to people and really being able to um, attune to others. So social intelligence would be being aware of motives and feelings of others and oneself and knowing what to do to fit different social situations and knowing what makes other people tick. Mm-hmm. And kindness is, you know, doing favors and good deeds and helping them and helping to take care of others. But again, like from that place of conscientiousness, not for like self reason. I mean, like this isn't out of selfishness, out of genuine care mm-hmm. for others and wanting to create community by considering what others need and in the specific moment mm-hmm. as well. Um, so examples can include including everyone in group discussions, um, giving empathy to friends when they need it, congratulating people on their successes, participating in community events or traditions, volunteering, um, and trying to find small ways to show kindness and even doing that through like humor and laughter, mm-hmm. you know, using it as a, a means for connection. Mm-hmm. So really important to bring for both the meaning in your life, because like without it being shared, there isn't mm-hmm. much meaning in our life. Exactly. Agreed. Um, and I, I don't know. Like I think it hits almost all the all the pieces of perma. Like mm-hmm. the positive emotions come from sharing them with other people, and mm-hmm. you have more emotion when you are in commune with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, increasing those experiences, meaning, all of it. Like, mm-hmm. and this, of course, the relationships part mm-hmm. very big on the R of perma. Like, of course, social intelligence and kindness. Are we ready to move on to spirituality, Katie? Mm-hmm. Okay. So spirituality is um, defined as having coherent beliefs about the higher purpose and meaning of life in the universe, um, understanding where you fit within larger schemes, also holding these beliefs about life and the higher purpose um, can kind of shape how you conduct yourself and even provide you comfort and understanding sometimes when life feels kind of messy. So examples of this are participating in religious practices um, or just more personal spiritual practices. Everybody's different in how they um, 
feel about their spiritual beliefs and how they practice their spirituality. Um, This can reflect and act on your personal values. So finding sacredness in small things every day. Um, For some people that's meditating, um, prayer, um, connecting with others by learning about their beliefs, or like if you share some similar beliefs, you know, connecting through that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think obviously for me, I think spirituality can be such a big thing in your life for just changing as a person um, and being a better person as well as just living your life more intentionally and just like just grounding yourself in something that's so much bigger than yourself. As I taught, what did I teach? Theories? Theories Theories. of psychotherapy. And every time I read and and go back into this book on mindfulness and psychotherapy, I'm just think and tell myself, you really need to do some more research and a deeper dive into Buddhist psychology Mm -hmm. and Eastern religions and and, and the basis of and the history of um, these other Eastern religions. And I've always kind of been fascinated with Eastern religions, just haven't really had time to do much with that curiosity. Mm-hmm. And it always amazes me the perspective that comes from that. And so it doesn't mean I'm going to let go of where I'm at within my own spirituality and religiosity and perspective, curiosity, social intelligence, just widening that information and how you hold those things, I think is really important. So I love this part of meaning, understanding and discovering and exploring how others view their spirituality and religion Mm -hmm. can really help you deepen even further into your own spirituality and your own way of creating meaning. Mm -hmm. So I had this conversation with a former person professor um, about so if you have a child and you want that child to grow up and to be able to choose whatever religion or way of being spiritual that they want to you really should not give them any information at all and just eventually let them choose and I went what that does not make sense to me at all it seems like the opposite like give them everything give them as many opportunities to figure that stuff out as you possibly can and then do your own spirituality and religiosity Mm -hmm. and be as a model for that as one option and so I just it was the kind of weirdest conversation I think I've ever had about spirituality and religion like give them nothing okay (laughs) I I didn't really know how to respond other than that really doesn't make sense to me and it's okay that we have different perspectives on it Mm -hmm. right um but just really understanding others here Mm -hmm. I think can really increase your own meaning in your own life in so many ways I love all of the, just us four at the table even have such different ways of of viewing religion or sp- their own personal spirituality and like how we all live that out is so different and I've learned so much and it's just been so much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I told Emma last night, but I retook my VIA. Um, I haven't taken it in a long time and spirituality is actually my number two now. Um, nice. But I retook it... Um, for so long, I had, like, a really difficult relationship mm-hmm. with religion. Mm-hmm. And so I just got the ick yeah. <laughs> anytime like, religion or spirituality mm-hmm. was brought up. Mm-hmm. But in, like, really honestly answering those questions about it, I was like, if I take what my own version of spirituality mm-hmm. is and answer mm-hmm. these questions from that space, not from a space of, like, what does this not mean? religion. Yeah, religion. As in, like, but my, like, I have an ethos. I have mm-hmm. a spiritual practice that I follow um, that I do with my children even and like it does matter to me it It is a very big part of my life but 
because of the wording of it, yes. I was definitely like mm-hmm. not answering those questions in the way that was actually authentic to how I lived my life. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. my son, we don't practice any specific religion, but my son is very spiritual. Mm-hmm. And so we went and got a book on every religion. <laughs> Wonderful. And we Curiosity. Just, we read a chapter here and there, mm-hmm. and it's a little bit about everything because I want him to have all of it, and then he can pick what he wants. Mm-hmm. And we talked above and beyond that. We talked about how, like, maybe life is a simulation in a video game, which he loved because he's a little boy <laughs> in video games. Oh, <laughs> totally, totally. But like little to, matrix happening. But to be able to discuss it with him from a very open space of like, hey, maybe that is absolutely correct, and who am I to tell you that that baby is not? <laughs> like, whatever. Right. And I want you to be able to choose your spiritual practice and how that means and fits into your life. Like, that's really important, mm-hmm. and it's important to me, and I want it to be important to you and whatever that looks like for you. And it's totally okay if it doesn't look like it does for me. Like That's, awesome. that's okay and beautiful. I just want you to have a relationship with whatever your higher power is to give your mm-hmm. life meaning. Mm-hmm. In whatever way that is. Mm-hmm. And that so. comfort and that, like, direction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, he naturally was kind of seeking that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, mm-hmm. like, we don't go to church. But mm-hmm. We do our own thing. And so he's finding his way and space within that, which was just very different from how I was raised. Mm-hmm. You know, as like Absolutely. A born into a religion, raised through it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But it was interesting that it went from, like, not even in my top ten to, like, retaking and honoring it. It was mm-hmm. like, oh, it actually is a huge, oh. huge mm-hmm. part of my life. <laughs> Okay. If I actually answered these questions like, <laughs> with as much authenticity as like it needs, mm-hmm. and removing the piece of it that's like the ick mm-hmm. <laughs> that I yes. that I had issues yes. with, of course, and then and answering all the questions in that same way too. Mm-hmm. Like really, just being there with those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Anything else that was about? A long tangent, sorry. It's okay. I love your Jenna really tangents. Like yeah, we need the tangents. That's what makes this so fun. <laughs> yeah, that's kidding? the best part of the podcast. Yeah, as we learn deeper things about each other, kind of peeling back the layers. And ourselves, learning about ourselves. Mm-hmm. Through it. Yeah, it's basically mm-hmm. just group therapy, just we're publishing it. <laughs> Congratulations. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> she brought the therapy word in. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> um, anything else on spirituality from anyone? Feeling pretty good here? Mm-hmm. All right. We are going to wrap it up. Emma's going to take us into zest. I got to confess, Zest is not in my top five. Not mine either. People think that it is. They're like, what do you mean? You look like you have Zest in your top five. And I always say, well, I'm just loud. (laughs) But anyway. (laughs) So Zest is defined as approaching a situation or just life in general with, you know, excitement and energy and vivacity and not approaching tasks or activities halfway or half-heartedly. Like really, it's kind of related to that engagement part too, just feeling like all in with the things that you do. Mm -hmm. And um, example applications, this is very uh, individual because, you know, everyone has different things that make them uh, tick, but just prioritizing activities that make you feel alive and vital and engaged uh, and bringing enthusiasm into your work and your interactions with others and just your day-to-day life as you go along. I don't really have too many more examples listed here just because I think it's important for everyone to find their own zest, even if it's not in your top five, just those things that make you feel engaged and zesty zesty i have a client who has zest in her top five and it's her favorite she's zesty is she she is so she just loves life and 
and, and not in this like overwhelmingly crazy, like go, mm-hmm. go, 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 never have a minute kind of a way. Mm-hmm. And when she looks at activities, she's like, I want to do that. And then she does the thing. Love it, that. It, it is just amazing to me to watch her and it's rubbing off on our kids and our kids love to do things and go on adventures and, and, I, it's just lovely. It's mm-hmm. amazing. And it keeps her in therapy. <laughs> I don't know if that's positive or not. But Why she's like, I'm doing this 100% all of the way. And, and I'm putting everything into it because I want to get what I want to get out of this. And I know if I could only get out of it what I give into it. And she does. She shows up and she is one of the hardest working clients I've ever had. I love that. So therapy is fabulous. Her life um, in the areas that she chooses to do these things in these ways is just, yeah, I love watching her and her zest. Mm-hmm. I also have a kiddo that has zest in his top five, and he just makes me happy. Like he, he always has energy. He's always upbeat. He's always, Mom, what can I do to help you? What do you need? And he just grabs life by the horns, and he runs with it. Mm-hmm. And I think he kind of irritates his siblings who have <laughs> no zest. <laughs> Um, and they're always like, Ugh. but I love his zest. It is one of my favorite things about him That's is awesome. his energy and his, he just puts it all in all of the time, which is overwhelming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I just sit back and go, you do you. It's fabulous. At least there's energy. So mm-hmm. I feel like zest is one of the most like memorable and easily identifiable. Like if we're like, oh, think of a person that, you know, has zest in their top five, you know, you know, right away who that person is. Mm-hmm. And you can just tell. Yeah. And it's it's so cool, honestly. And mm-hmm. in tandem with other strengths like zest and spirituality or zest and I don't know, like leadership, like it's mm-hmm. it, the combinations are really nice. Yeah, I agree. Anybody else have anything about zest? I feel like this co-host question we almost don't need to do because we kind of covered it. I'm curious about just the last section of this question. Mm. Is there a character strength that we didn't touch on, that we didn't include in this list, that helps you with your meaning? I think love. Mm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. like love Mm -hmm. creates a lot of meaning. Like Relationships are part of meaning, like Jenna was saying. If we're not sharing it with other people, it kind of takes some of the luster off of it a little bit. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For sure. I think also, uh, we touched on this in the Transcendence episode, but hope can bring a lot mm. of meaning to your life. Maybe not as directly as, say, like, appreciation of beauty and excellence, but I feel like for a, for a lot of people, that's a very integral integral part of feeling meaning and, like, sticking with it even when, you, even when the meaning isn't as apparent, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. To, to know that meaning may come out of this eventually. Mm-hmm. I can find something that, that helps me in some way at some point. That that we need that, especially in those moments of despair and distress. Mm-hmm. I sure. agree with bo- like hope and love are both in my top ten, not my mm-hmm. top five. But like mm-hmm. without those, I would not have the optimism that I do. There's no way I could maintain it without love and hope mm-hmm. both being there. Mm-hmm. And like that definitely being optimistic colors my entire life because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I have a sister who's kind of like the opposite of me. Yeah. <laughs> ah. The anti-Jenna. She is. She's the sort of the anti-Jenna. And like we're just so similar in so many ways, but our lives and the way we perceive them is so different hmm. because of those differences in our perspective as far as like love and hope go when they are mm-hmm. different. Like we don't get the same things out of life yeah. mm-hmm. because they are different. Interesting. I would say for me, so bravery is my number five. It's it's usually always in my top seven. And I would say that I use my bravery to get, to help in my search for meaning and my pursuit of meaning, just because it's such a 
a humongous topic and such an emotional topic that it feels like sometimes even to approach like me- meaning and transcendence and spirituality and these kind of things, for me it does take a lot of bravery. And so I feel like it's kind of like a like an adjunct strength. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. But yeah, I feel like bravery helps me in mm-hmm. my meaning of perma. I think the virtue of courage, Mm -hmm. because I have several in my top five that fall underneath courage. I think that brings me meaning. I I, I did something hard or was very authentic with somebody very Mm -hmm. real, even though maybe I didn't want to. Um, And that brings me meaning. Using my strengths, whatever they are, Mm -hmm. whatever those are, actually engaging and using those strengths brings meaning. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be on this list. Mm -hmm. Today we covered the concept of meaning and how it helps us to thrive and flourish. We also talked about a few ways to get started in increasing our meaning. We hope that some of those things were impactful for you and gave you some ideas on how to apply your strengths in new ways to increase your level of meaning. And we're going to wrap things up with how did you use your powers for good? So I, uh, anything for a bravery plug, I have been putting off finding a therapist and scheduling an appointment for like a year yes and that. i finally did it <gasps> i have an appointment on thursday oh, yay. Yay. just i don't know i don't know why but finding a point uh like making appointments is the scariest thing for me mm-hmm. and so it might not seem like it takes a lot of bravery for other people but for me it does take a lot of bravery but i mm-hmm. didn't it's really solidifying that choice like mm-hmm. it's making it very concrete and real Mm-hmm. to make that appointment mm-hmm. there's meaning I'm so proud of you thank you yes nicely done bravery emma used her bravery Top anybody that. else uh, mine was also bravery oh so nice bravery job Jenna. Uh, i have wanted to take a dance class for mm-hmm. a really long time um but i uh, bravery is not in my topic <laughs> <laughs> and it requires being very vulnerable and brave mm-hmm. also i wanted to do a couple's dance and um i am not partnered mm-hmm. so i had to find someone and mm-hmm. all, uh, i've never asked a man on a date so that and like in oh my like that was so bravery. that uh, that was terrifying <laughs> yes <laughs> but a really great family friend who i knew like hmm. would be willing to do that and i asked them and of course they said yes which mm-hmm. was very like sweet they're wonderful um and took the dance class and i had so much fun it was great and i'm gonna go do it again Mm -hmm. we're gonna go again awesome but that was very scary and that's also (laughs) big use of bravery Mm -hmm. bravery and also like curiosity using my curiosity for sure wanted to do like a new fun thing Mm -hmm. so that's awesome Um, but it was absolutely terrifying Mm -hmm. to like do the call send Mm -hmm. them Mm -hmm. like sign up for the thing oh yeah uh, look at us. <laughs> just, look at us. Just courageous queens over us. here. Really? No <laughs> kidding. I'm changing mine. <laughs> I know. Okay. I'm like, oh, have where have I been brave? You have to use your bravery now. No, after I've been, um, after we talked a lot about PERMA and positive emotions and stuff, I've been sh- actually struggling with a lot of different negative emotions oh. this week. So I've been tapping into my spirituality just to nice. kind of cope with that. And like, I have trouble letting things go. Mm. So like tapping into spirituality to like, let it go (laughs) so Mm -hmm. I can stop feeling negative emotions because I think they're easy to cling on to and you have to like be very intentional about fostering positive emotions Mm -hmm. especially when you're having a hard time because you can't just like like you can't just continuously stay in misery Mm -hmm. it's like 
you know, you have to be very intentional. So I've been tapping into spirituality to let go of negative emotions and negative cognitions, a little CBT plug Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) and um, just kind of try to move on from things and just just keep going pretty much. Mm -hmm. So is this using your spirituality in a new way also? I think so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. I love that. I love that. And, and it just proves that we all, no matter how much we know about character strengths and those things, there's always new and different ways to mm-hmm. use our strengths. And our strengths change, as you guys have been talking about. So th- this is just an ever ongoing thing to continue to use our strengths in new ways and get to know them at a deeper level. And I, I just love character strengths. So Also so proud of you because like, you are at a particular moment in your life where biologically speaking, emotional regulation is incredibly difficult. <laughs> <laughs> so like, kudos to you for working hard on it too because like, it'll get better. Yeah. It will. <laughs> Thank you. No, I know though. Not right now. <laughs> <but> it will. <laughs> yeah. It will. <laughs> Jenna and I know. I don't know. Speaking from experience. (laughs) Addie and I are here, though. We got you. (laughs) We got you. Um, So, of course, I was going to talk about perseverance, but now I'm going to talk about bravery. Oh. So, sorry. That made you the the odd man out. That's all right. Um, I did something that I'm really, really, really not proud of about a week ago, Um, and I, I, I just should have entered the, the process differently. I had somebody who needed something from me in a really inconvenient place, and I was totally stressed out about something else that was going really, really wrong. And if I didn't fix it, it affected lots of other people that I care deeply about. And I was in the middle of that when somebody else had something where I had to drop what I was doing and going. So I was very agitated and irritated. So I went and I met this person, and there was a third party involved, and I ended up waiting for over a half an hour for this person to show up and instead of calming in that space and using that time to become more calm and clear and compassionate I just increased my agitation for 30 minutes and this human showed up and I was really rude and very mean Mm. at that point I also hadn't eaten (laughs) (laughs) the hangry got in there as well um and I didn't know this person, have never met them, and my I probably will never see this person again. Um, but the person that I was helping out had contact with this person, and so the next day, after not sleeping, because I was awful to this human, and I said, could you share this other person's contact information with me, please, so that I can apologize. I got their information, and I apologized, and this person immediately said, it's okay, blah, blah, blah. That was rude. Even right in this moment, she said, it's okay. We're all good. And I knew we weren't. And so I then peeled back the layer and went to the next level and apologized and said, what I did was unforgivable and it's okay. And she hasn't responded back to me. And I, I, so I don't know, I don't know where she's at, but knowing what I know about the situation and and it's so small but it's enough for me to go she responded to me because she knew she had to to make me feel good Mm. and that wasn't the purpose I really wanted her to know that everything that went down was completely my fault and it was unforgivable and I should never have done that to another human being and that took a lot of bravery for me to send this other level of deep regret for my actions and to say do not respond in a way that makes me feel good. It is not your responsibility to mm-hmm. do that. 
And um, I, but I, and I also, because of my perspective, really, really appreciate that I totally lost perspective and behaved so badly in a situation that I care deeply about, and I, 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 I just, I didn't do it. I didn't mm-hmm. do it, and I feel awful about what I did, and I, I'm actually grateful that she didn't respond back because I'm not here for her to soothe me mm-hmm. because I did this thing, and I'm so grateful that I had that because I will never do that to another human being again no matter what I'm thinking or feeling or agitated or irritated mm-hmm. so um that was how I use my bravery yeah and that's honestly um part of why honesty is under courage is because mm-hmm. that takes a lot of I'm not saying it was a bravery but like honesty and bravery mm-hmm. they're very close cousins mm-hmm. yeah thanks Emma yeah. anybody else that's just huge of you I think shame is the most difficult emotion Mm. Mm -hmm. to deal with. And, like, what a really vulnerable and honest way to handle it. So, thanks. sorry if it doesn't feel like it's repaired, but... Yeah, I'm I'm actually doing okay here because I I think I have a good perspective Mm -hmm. on on this and what's going on. And and the interaction has actually impacted me in a very deep and meaningful way that I think I'm going to carry forward, hopefully, from here on out. Mm -hmm. And um, we'll be able to do it differently in the future and be able to be helpful. And even when I'm agitated and just say, I'm really, really frustrated because of these other things. And I realized even if I couldn't stop it, I could have said in the moment, I'm frustrated about something else and I'm taking it out on you. That's not okay. Can we rewind and restart? Mm-hmm. And I didn't choose to do that. So, and, and I wasn't as cognitively aware of all of the dynamics that were happening in that situation either until later. And I went, oh my gosh, you just did that. And, and you knew. There was a part of me that knew. And, and I pushed it away because I was so irritated and just kept going. So, bravery, authenticity, courage. Yeah, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Okay. Anything else as we wrap up? We're feeling good. Go team. I know. We did it. We did it again. So we would really love it if you would take the Via Character Strength survey on our website at naturallystrongmt.com. Or you can click the link in the show notes. Um, The more that you know about your character strengths will give you more opportunities to be able to use them and apply some of the things that we're talking about in our podcast. Naturally Strong is sponsored by the Center for Wellbeing. The Center for Wellbeing is a woman-led organization using research-based programs to provide awareness and education in fostering positivity and resilience. The staff at the Center for Wellbeing believe that creating authentic connections and community involvement are essential in empowering individuals to harness their unique strengths and flourish in all areas of life. That brings us to the end of this episode. Thanks to our co-hosts, Jenna, Katie, and Emma for joining me during this episode. We hope that you can be able to find a path toward meaning at the beginning of this new year. And we hope that you can reach out to us and let us know if there's anything else that you'd like to know more about or if you have any questions about our episode. If you enjoy our show, please rate and review us and be sure to come back next time. Until then, this is Cameron Nelson. And don't forget to use your powers for good. This podcast was created, produced, and recorded by Cameron and Rachel Nelson, researched by Emma Power, marketed by Addie Nelson, and edited by Rachel Nelson. Naturally Strong is a product of the Center for Wellbeing and is recorded in the vault at Rock 31.